So can I just share my heart with you a bit today? Mission statement of Life Church, our mission is to reach Benalla's surrounding districts and beyond with the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Can't see what else our mission could be, really. That's what it is. Jesus, did he not say, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature? Sometimes Pam sort of sees things in the garden and says, look at this creature. So I don't know if we're supposed to do the gospel to them. I think it means people, but creatures everywhere, okay? We're all God's creatures, apparently, yeah. And so I, I don't know if you do or not. I've got a personal mission statement. I, I just find they help me keep my life on track, keep the church on track. My personal one is my mission is to know Christ and to make him known. That's just what I set for my life many years ago. But... A lot of people want to come here and they want to do what Brett did and they want to do a whole heap, a lot of other things and, and we do this and we do that. Does it line up with what our mission is? Does it line up with what our vision is as a church? If it doesn't, no thank you. I can say it nicely, no thank you. Yeah, we're very busy. Because um, uh, it just helps keep you on track. You know, when I'm asked to do things, does that fit my, my, the mission for my life? If it doesn't, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. If you're asked to be the chaplain at a footy club, to know Christ and make him known sort of kind of fits. And even though I'm struggling for time, um, I think, yeah, Lord, I've got to have a go at this. You know, like it, it helps define what you do. I don't know, I, did, I told you last year, I know I'm taking time this morning, but I, I told you I have never, ever, ever applied for a job in my life. And uh, I am now the district, eastern district leader of the ACC in the northern region. How did I get the job? I have no idea. <coughs> I went to a meeting last week and they said, and so the report from the eastern district, and they were all looking at me. I said, what are you looking at me for? And they said, you're the leader. I said, since when? And the regional leader said, since the other night I spoke to you at Undera. I said, that was right, that was at the Speedway. I wasn't listening to you, you know. And apparently he asked me to be the leader and I said yes. And I thought, that's not a good time to ask me. So that's how you get jobs. And I think, Lord, help me now. Just, yeah. So um, you just never know what's going to happen, do you? But our church vision is uh, to see people saved, equipped and released to serve the church we see is vibrant, contemporary and relevant, impacting our community with the love and grace of God. My personal vision is to pastor a church of significance in Benalla. That's just where I'm at. Just wanting you to know that. And uh, what is my job description? Well, you find that in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. So if you like, turn there this morning. And uh, I could read lots, but I'm seriously going to run out of time. So... Uh, Ephesians 4.11, this is talking of gifts Jesus gave to the church. Uh, verse 11, and he himself, that's Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So if people are involved in, in ministry, they've got to have that, uh, that calling, they've got to have that gifting, probably better said, on their life somewhere. Uh, there really needs to be that. Uh, so as far as um, uh, job description found in the next verses, if we go to verse 12, and so let's read 11 again and continue into 12. 
he gave himself some to be, or he gave the church is a good way of putting it, some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And this is their job description, to equip his people. So to equip you today, to equip Christian people in church for the work of ministry. That's why I always tell you that you are in ministry. And my job's not to do all the ministry, it's to equip you to minister also. Okay? The work of the ministry for the edifying, well, that means the building up of the church to minister, to reach out to people. It's, you know, we're all in the ministry. And so um, we do it until we all come to a unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the, of the uh, statue of the fullness of Christ. So that's what we're aiming for, that we are changed bit by bit by bit by bit, that God keeps changing us to be more like Jesus. And so we minister that you may be built up and changed and, and be able to reach out, you know, in your own sphere, in the way God's called you. That is what we are supposed to do. That we may, uh, uh, where are we, uh, verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed fruit to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but we would grow up and be wise to stuff and not caught up in stupid stuff, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things to him who is the head, Christ. And talks then about the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective, effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So what every joint shares, the church is a body just like this is a body. This does not do what this does. And that does not do what the eye does. And I haven't got any hair left, but, you know, the leg doesn't do it. Like, we've all got a different part. And so equip the body for ministry. What ministry? Well, there is a ministry for all of us. And just because it may not be apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, that don't matter. There's other stuff that's way as important than that, and we're all called to be something. And I just want to talk a little bit to you about that this morning. And uh, so where am I here? I'm rushing ahead. Um, um, diddle, diddle, no, so number one, okay? N number one. Uh, I really, truly, really, 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 okay, oh, that's not written down here, but that's how I mean it. I really want to see us fully understand those verses from Ephesians chapter 4, but let me throw in verse 7 and read it, followed by verse 12 that we already read. And this is talking about Jesus, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And I could throw in again to equip his people for work of ministry. So can I tell you today that whatever you are called to do, God will give you grace to do that. And sometimes God will ask you to do things. Sometimes a pastor will ask you to do things. Hey, would you like to do this? I've prayed about it. I think you're the person to do this. Oh, mate. If, if God has called you, God will enable you to do it. God will give you enabling grace to do it. Praise God. He will always do that. He will, if he's called you, he will always equip you with grace to do what he's called you to do. May, may I further read 
three passages of scripture just to fill in the picture this morning. Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 4. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So God has called each of us to do things like that. Some people just encourage you, you know, like uh, uh, they're just brilliant at encouraging you and, and, and that's, that's an important part of the body, you know. Some people have a gift of giving, just a huge gift of giving, you know. I, I know I, I'm, I've got a friend and he can't sing, he says, and he, and he can't, he's pathetic. It's just that you really want to leave the room if you heard him sharing, I tell you. If he, if, he, if he sang in the showers at like the swim centre when there's about ten of them in a row, you'd leave the room. Like he's, he's terrible bad at that. He doesn't preach, he doesn't do a whole lot of things, but he's a great board member, a very skillful businessman, and God's just gifted him. He just makes lots of money and wants to give to help the kingdom of God expand and grow on the earth. That's what God's called him to be and do. Bless him if God's called you to do that. Do it. We need to do what God's called us to do. Really what I see Paul saying there is whatever God's called you to do, do it. (laughs) Don't think about it for years. Just do it. Does it say not let your left hand know what your right's doing? I don't know. Just, Just do what God has called you to do. Do it cheerfully. But it talks of serving and teaching, encouraging. And, you know, last Sunday morning early, um, Everyone said, oh, did you sleep in? Because the wedding wasn't until 2 o'clock in the afternoon, but we would have had to leave about church time to get where it was. So I couldn't really come here, but I just can't help it. I get up early and, and pray, and because and I, I wasn't coming here, I didn't know what to do, so I just walked around in circles and got lost. And then I thought I might come down here and see these people turned up, and they're all here, and I thought, that's great. So... And my phone goes beep, 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 and there's a message from a young lady that attends our church here. And I won't give you any clue as to who it might be, but just this little message, hey, Pastor Daryl and Pam, have a great day, great, great day at the wedding. I just forget quite how it went. God bless you. We know you'll do great, etc., etc. And um, I don't know. Her initials might start with L and D, but just an encourager. Just really, really love that, you know? And it's, it's so powerful. And so what I'm really wanting to get you to see is because I'm the pastor doesn't mean I'm really made the big time. just means you get a whole lot more work and less pay and, and less thanks half the time. You know, not from you people, but you know what I mean. And because um, people say, oh, he's the, oh, the pastor, you know, no, 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 no. What about the people that do our finances? What about the people who who clean our church? What about the people who do all the other things that need doing and and uh, run our life groups and they're in our ministry team and the people that pray? Like, you know, don't... don't. 
everyone's important. You know, you think, well, your head's, that's where your brain is. That's really, you know, you don't need your leg. We'll cut your leg off and see how you go. Like, it makes an awful difference, you know. <laughs> like, you can see things to do and you can't move. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Did you ever know old Bill McMartin? Um, um, yeah. Um, Alan and Jill. Oh, for goodness sake. For goodness sake, I'm losing it. Uh, he, he was a great old man. Poor old Bill got crook and he got gangrene in his, one of his legs and they had to cut it off and... and uh, wasn't too long and he had gangrene in the other one and they had to cut it off and and he was a pretty upbeat old fella like he was a, he was like a melly bull he was a, he would have been a wild young man in his younger days but he was and he, he he got really miserable and and the family had all gathered around they they were worried about how long he might have and he said oh, I'm useless I can't do anything anymore and so um Myrtle, his wife, apparently said, shut up, Bill. I will not have any more talking like that. You don't need legs to preach the gospel. Shut up and just keep doing it, she said. And I thought, wow, mate. If you know the McMartins, you can probably see where a bit of that comes out. But, uh, <laughs> ah, praise God. But, but we're all, we all play a part and it's all important. I really want you to get that today. And so... Um, uh, but I want to say this, if you're seriously struggling in what you believe God's called you to do, maybe he hasn't. Or just throw it out there. Because whatever you call to do, like he will give you grace to do that. You know what I mean? And if it's just like ploughing, pulling a plough yourself instead of the tractor, and you're worn out, just... Maybe it's not your gifting, maybe it's not your calling. And I sort of had, a, had quite a falling out. Oh, not, not in a bad way. Um, I mean, they've made me the district leader, so they can't think I'm too bad still. But, um, you know, involved in church planning. And so there just was this, you know, and like I love planting churches. I, I believe it's important. Like this church was planted or it wouldn't be here. Like... I understand the importance of planting churches. I saw what Paul did. He planted churches, you know. I'm not against planting churches, but I think we need to be careful how we plant them. And uh, he planted and he used sons like Timothy and Titus and, and uh, people that were relational in relationship with him. And he was the apostle and there was a godly system there that worked. And... Um, a lot of times, well, we need churches, and so where haven't we got a church? Kick a bucket west. Yeah, that, we'll plant a church there. Who's going to be the pastor? Oh, well, uh, no, well, we'll find someone, and they send some poor bloke out there, and it's not his calling, and it's not his gifting. There's not grace for him. Several of them lost marriages, and I said, it's not the right way to do it. God's got to call the person, you know, like we've got to do it the right way around. And uh, because if God's called you, there will be grace to do what you're called to do, even though sometimes you will get on your knees and cry out to God, you know, and I mean, we've all done that who've pastored churches a lot of the time, like desperation coming to God, man, oh man, I can remember one time here when the finances were so tight, oh God, I just didn't know, I'm just desperate, I was walking over here 
about where Dave is, I reckon. Dave is on the spot. We should put a plaque on the floor there where it happened, but before we put the new carpet in, I'm walking there one night and just crying out to God in desperation. And they had the parallel bars set up there and they had these wire ropes going over to the wall to hold the, the bars from wobbling. And I thought, oh, God, I was walking along and I walked into the wire. And I was flat on me back on the floor, like on the, on the mat, lucky. And I somehow knew that it wasn't God that did it, somehow. I just, uh, yeah, and I just remember that, really. But I, I tell you what, but God gives you grace for what he calls you to do. And I'll take it further than ministry. If you're a mum and you're a dad here today, if you're a parent, God will give you grace for that. Seriously, God will give you grace. If your husband and wife, he'll give you grace for that. Serious, amen? You might need it. Yeah. I didn't tell the young couple that last week, but um, the, the, Shamindri's uncle was a, um, he was a, uh, a Methodist minister from Colombo. And, uh, mate, they're on fire. Methodist over there, he preached this awesome sermon, didn't he, for the wedding. It was beautiful. Really good. God will give you grace. Can I just finish on this point today? I truly, truly, truly want you all to understand that, we, uh, that what we believe will have a huge impact on what we achieve. Preached a couple of weeks, three weeks ago about it. What you believe is really, really, really important. And I, I you know, preached the last two weeks ago the experience Peter, James and John had up the mountain with Jesus, the Mount of Transfiguration. But they came down from the mountain and uh, they uh, walked into a situation that was exactly the opposite to what was happening up on the mountain. And a father had brought his young son to be healed and the disciples weren't able to heal the young man. So Jesus took over and, um, and he, said to the father, he said to the father, how long has this been going on to your son? And he said, from childhood. It's in Mark chapter 9, if you want to look at it later. Verse 22, And often he has thrown him into the fire, into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Who knows that God is a compassionate God? And what Jesus said to this man, I think, wow. Verse 23, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes, to those who believe. It's powerful, isn't it? It's really powerful. See, I, I, uh, I love Mark 11, 22, 23, 24. They're great verses. And this is when Jesus cursed the fig tree and it withered up and died. And Jesus said to the disciples, have faith. Because Peter said, hey, Lord, the tree you cursed that you spoke and that withered up. And Jesus said, yeah, Shouldn't it? I said that. Um, and he said, have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, whatever that may be, be uprooted and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And follows it up in verse 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. 
And Jesus said, you know, if, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. What gets me is verse 24 of Mark chapter 9. Immediately the man, the father of the child, cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Are you be, anyone going to be honest today and say, yeah, I've been there, I've been there. I believe, Lord, but oh, help my unbelief. I think Brett nailed it very well last uh, last um, Saturday evening when he said uh, most of us would believe God could, but do we really believe God would? <laughs> we believe God can, but, but do we believe God will? And there's often there's just that turmoil that goes, God, I know you can do it, but I'm just struggling with this in my humanity. I'm just, this is big, and I'm really struggling with this. And I just sense this morning there are folk here that are struggling with this one today. And, and I want to pray for you this morning. And I, I've, I've seriously in running out of time territory this morning. But, you know, I, I love the way Brett preaches. I believe in the laying on of hands and prayer, etc., etc., etc. But I believe God can touch you where you sit too. Did anyone get healed last week in their seat? I bet you there was people that did. And... Uh, uh, God just said that to me a long time ago, that people can be touched and like you can be healed in the worship this morning. You can be set free in the worship this morning. Man, oh man, I don't wait for a time. Just reach out and get it. Someone said today, Daryl, I've got a million dollars here. Check in their hand, I'd take the check. Wouldn't say, well, when would you like me to get it? You know, it was a, was a couple of months a good time. Or if they offered me the check, I'd take it. Yeah, if someone offered me cash on the spot when I was working, I um, hope you don't think I'm a, uh, a cheat or whatever, but I wasn't worried about the taxation commissioner. I would take it because I know you send bills out and people don't always pay them and they don't always pay them on time. If they offer you cash on the spot, man, I'll take it. <laughs> I'd rather it in my pocket than his, amen? Oh, man, I'd just reach out, God, I want it now need it. Lord, I need. Why don't you close your eyes today? Is there anyone today that just, yeah, I, I believe. I believe God. There's nothing he can, can't do. But at times in my humanity, I'm struggling to believe in my circumstance. Is there anyone today? I want to pray for you where you are. Yeah, see the hands. See the hands. See the hands. I, I understand. I absolutely understand. We're not saying you don't have faith. We're not saying you don't believe. You know God can, but it's just getting to the point of believing that he will do that for you. Lord, I, I thank you for the honesty of each of those people today. And Lord, I pray for them today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray just through their honesty of raising a hand today and saying, yeah, that's me, that you will touch their lives today. Lord, that new faith will flow in. Lord, that something will shift today. Something will shift that starts to change everything. God, I ask it today in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, folks, I'm going to continue praying that you see breakthrough. I, I, I just know that there are times that 
in your life that you just know something has shifted. You might not see the evidence of it yet, but you know that something has moved, something has shifted. Yeah, praise God. And I believe that's going to happen to each of you. Seriously, I believe from that prayer this will happen to you. I think we better just wind up.